Are you saying that Matthew LeBeau only sometimes shows up for the podcast? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I made sure to grab the uh, Baja before, which is, yeah, yeah, there we go. It's almost censored. Are you saying Mountain Dew Baja Blast? Uh, Yeah, the Baja. Are you saying the words Mountain Dew Baja Blast? Uh, I am indeed, yeah. Are you also saying the words pee-pee-poo-poo, pee-pee-poo-poo, pee-poo, pee-pee-poo-poo? I am indeed saying that, yes. I knew you would be. Just in case, I figure I should just introduce you now. This is my dog, Penny. She loves to scream. Uh, <laughs> so this is, if, if you start hearing something in the background, this is, uh, this is why. Penny, say hello. I'm Benny. Hi, Penny. Yeah, I, I got a dog too. We made sure that we wore him out, uh, before the show so that way he's just completely zonked during it. But, uh, he oh. sometimes makes, uh, guest appearances. Yeah, I, it's like, for a long time, when I lived in, like, a one-bedroom, it was, like, a once-an-episode thing. Penny would just totally flip out at something. A little better about it now, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's nice to, uh, nice to meet y'all. You as nice well, Nice to meet yeah. you, Ed. Thank you for coming on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no problem. This is actually one of the first podcasts I've been asked to be on where I'm like, oh, I know those guys. I, I, I've heard of this one. Before. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I mean, that's partially because you guys are friends with, uh, um, with Tim Watson, right? Yeah. He, he was on a few of our shows here. Yeah. Um, uh, we also had Doink Patrol on last week too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So some of my, uh, my old castmates. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, I'm also boys with a lot of the Pout and Lansdowne, uh, uh, guys as well. Oh, so yeah, yeah. We've we known them for a while too, yeah. Yeah, so that makes, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. probably know us because the birth of our podcast is so wide. Everybody is yeah. heard of Not Another Socks podcast. Well, There's I just saw that, uh, that Webster over there is apparently into, uh, Big Black Talks, so that was, that was exciting. <laughs> oh, so yeah. I heard that. I didn't, I had no idea. That's the kind of reporting that we, we need. We need <laughs> I more. know. No, need no fake the news line. there coming from, uh, <laughs> iTalk Studios, whatever the fuck his name is. The greatest reporter of our, of our time. Let's, let's I know. be real. I was I was honestly just trying to get blocked because then I'd be blocked by Boston Strong, thirty four, Mario <laughs> Pepin, and uh Glenniel Garcia. So Holy I was trying to of unreliable reporters. Yeah, pretty much. Oh and shit, that blows up this one is. too. I've that's yeah. another guy I've heard of. Holy shit. Wow. This is wild. I know, the gang's all here. Maybe he's here, I don't know. I don't know. He might here be a ghost. Huh? Yeah. I'm here, I'm here. Take it easy. Fuck. <laughs> I thought we were just being haunted by a spirit. Ooh, yeah. a ghost. I'll turn my camera on a little bit. I'm I'm eating. So okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw your ribbon Chipotle, which I'm yeah. gonna do after this show, like immediately. Oh my god, that's so funny, Jack Webster. You're getting Chipotle after this show? Well, yeah, I'm getting it alone now. So okay, I, that's really sad. I yeah. I wanted Chipotle, you know, in case you were wondering, but I wasn't. Okay, well, uh, it's going to be so awkward when we both go separately to the same Chipotle at the yeah, same time. Yeah, I know. Um, and <laughs> okay, just making know, sure. Uh, you guys can still hear me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Good, because sometimes it disconnects and then I'm not sure because this is the first thing I've recorded on Skype, so I don't really know if it, like, automatically does that or, or if I have to press anything, so this is good to know. <laughs> no, it, everything you're doing is great. 
Um, Skype. You're goddamn I, right. Thanks, mom. I guess. <laughs> yeah. We should just you. splurge on a Zoom uh thing, but this records over an hour and it's nice and easy. So uh, we're forgetting. Yeah, we we're kind use of 2007. Yeah, we use StreamYard, which is a little more costly, but I'm not the one paying for it, so it's okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that, and the it's free for you then. Yeah, exactly. Like thank thank you, Hogdale. It's much appreciated. Yeah. And the other thing you can do, and this goes for everyone, is in the bottom right of your Skype where it says more, if you click on audio and video settings and you scroll down right under microphone, there's noise cancellation. If you turn that off, you're going to get the original sound coming through. It's not going to, it's not going to give you hiccups or. Good to know. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. That's why we have you on as a producer, Ian, because you're smarter than us. Yeah, and nobody else wanted to do it. Yeah, literally. Yeah, that, that, yeah. that's the only reason out of desperation. Um, the most is. Yeah. Oh, stop it, you. You're just saying that. Uh, but yeah, we'll probably get started here in a little bit. We're yeah. just going to ask you, you know, a little bit about your background, uh, that yeah. type of stuff, and then some questions about, like, you know, the team in general. Obviously, you have a connection with Sox prospects, so we have a few things uh probably yeah, that we want to yeah. ask about that you know especially we're in the spring because it's kind of like our spring preview episode yeah even though it's still kind of the off season it's still kind of spring so um right, right, yeah uh no, nothing too crazy nothing that uh you probably uh, haven't even answered before well you know i'll be the i'll be the judge of that okay but probably yeah yeah <laughs> yeah cool anything else guys yeah, ready whenever y'all are yeah i won't interrupt you i promise Okay, that that's like a fifty fifty like uh, promise I right there. I so said I won't. I yeah. said I won't. Yeah. Hey, this is Joe Castiglione, and you're listening to Not Another Sox Podcast. Can you believe it? Which is yeah, yeah. There we go. It's almost censored. Are you saying Mountain Dew Baja Blast? Uh, yeah, the bad jack. Are you saying the words Mountain Dew Baja Blast? Uh, I am a DJ. Yeah. Buenos noches, amigos, and welcome to another episode of Not Another Socks Podcast. I am Jack Webster here with Ian Doran, Matt LeBeau, and special guest Ed Hand. Uh, joining us for our little spring training preview today, Ed, uh, do you want to say hi? Tell us a little bit oh. about yourself, some of the projects hi. that you do. Yeah, um, I'm Ed Hand. I'm the social media manager for Sox Prospects. I'm on two other podcasts, uh, to the show we go where we, I interview players from around the league with Andrew Parker. They're mostly Red Sox minor leaguers. We've got a couple of major leaguers in there and, Sometimes we get, because agents will reach out and be like, hey, you want this guy on? And we're like, yeah, sure. And it's like a guy that's <laughs> been called, it's on like a 40 man that's been called up. We had Nick Mears on last week. We had uh, Davis Daniel on yesterday from the Angels. So um, that, that's that been pretty fun. And then the other show I'm on is called Pod by the River or PBR because, you know, what everybody needed was another Red Sox podcast. That that's really what um, not like, another like Sox yeah, yeah yeah not another with, one yeah I, I I will add though what makes us unique is that also we're all white you know like, oh yeah like, like no oh other God, no other Red Sox podcast is doing that there's no show that's a bunch of white guys 
talking about baseball. Wait, guys, you're all men? All men. All all men. We've had a woman on it before. I know. I know. Transgressive. But you know what? Like, it's (laughs) it's okay. You know, we we did it and we, we felt okay about it. Yeah, we we had a woman on last week in Doing Patrol, uh, uh, very welcome oh, you guest, but we're glad that we can get another white male's perspective on baseball. Yeah, uh, right, that's what we right need. Now, yeah. we need. We need more of that. Yeah. But um, no, that's great that you had Doing Con, though, like jokes aside, she's awesome. Uh, loved work. I was on Pesky Report for two years. She was a uh, castmate there. Absolutely. Like, she's funny. She doesn't get enough mm-hmm. credit for being as funny as she is. So that's a, that's, a, that's a good get for you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Doink, if you're listening. If you're listening, Ed said that about you. He thinks you're really oh, smart. Oh, knows that. I like. Yeah. Well, I'll get stoned and like DM her. Like, <laughs> you don't get enough credit for being funny. How does how does she respond? I'm really curious. Um, she knows that I'm stoned like 70 percent of the time I'm on Twitter, <laughs> and she's fine. Like, she's like gotten. I think she's gotten used to it at this point. Yeah, I mean, um, coming from someone else that's also constantly stoned, um, I can appreciate that as well. Um, I don't think there's really any other way to survive the Red Sox offseason other than um, bad doings. I'm going to tell you guys something that um, a former player told me, and I'm not going to use any names, but we were talking about edibles, and he said, um, yeah, I'm done with raw raw dogging life. And I thought if there wasn't a more poetic way to describe why I use edibles as much as I do, that that that's a good reason. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I would say, too, especially if Blake Swihart came on my podcast and said that. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Swihart. That was 100 yeah, percent. It had to be Swihart. Who else yeah, would it had be? To be? Yeah, who else is tired of raw dogging life? You know, who, who else is tired of that? Uh, me, first of all. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah, I'm saying, man. Except Matthew LeBeau, he's got it pretty good over there. Look no. at that crazy, and I feel like I say this like every time I go on a podcast. Like, I'm never sure what people are really going to look like on the other end. And I got to say this about you, Matt Matthew. Like, way more handsome than advertised. Thank you. Like, yeah. mm. like, are you like in constant fear of like just being like attacked and like ravaged by like just like a horde of? Like very horny men and women. Like, is that something that you have to worry about in your you, in your downtime? You have to, time? Ask, you have to ask Meg. <laughs> you have to. I you you have to share your minds bed. want to know. Yeah, like I feel bad. Yeah, I feel worse for her now. Like having to, I'd be so paranoid. Well, thank you. This is a pretty good looking show all the way around. Yeah, yeah pretty, pretty handsome you. show. Yeah, Jack with the beard. I wasn't expecting that. That's a better beard than my. Like, I need to. This is this is laziness. This is laziness. Oh, I, I haven't done anything thing, for mine in a little while here. I just like let it grow. You don't have like, Besides, yeah. Math, what, Matthew, a, what a humble brag. Yeah. Matthew LeBeau, is that a woman sitting next to you? It is. Yeah, her name's Megan. Awesome. Does she want a, a woman? Does she want to be on the podcast? Yeah. She, not allowed. Not well, allowed? What? Did you not our, vote for Kim Eng? We reached our woman quota for the year for the show, so <laughs> yeah. uh, that was last Glad, glad we got that out of the way early. <laughs> can't, can't get any more on, so she's she's out. But maybe next year, when they're good, she'll be, she can hop on. 2025. Good, no, no bandwagoners. Either you're here for this mid-ass team, or uh, you're not celebrating the parade in 2025. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. I like that. Better be careful, though, because we're going to have Doink replace you, Matt. Yeah. I think it's already happened. Um, Ed, we're so happy to have you on. 
yeah, we are I'm the guys of Not Another Socks podcast. Um, but we've really been looking forward to having you on, and, and Jack said it right. We're getting ready for spring training. Now is the perfect time to talk about the guys in the Red Sox pipeline. I know Jack has been waiting all day to fire off some of these questions. I'm going to kind of let him drive the bus. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been following Red Sox prospects or Sox prospects uh, since like I was like 14 and first discovered it. Uh, you know, uh, it always seems like we had like a pretty good farm system growing up and everything. And it seems, you know, probably as strong as it's been in the last long while. So maybe apart from like uh, the 2014 or 2015, when we had a lot of guys up, like, how do you feel about like, the state of the farm system kind of compared to where it's been over like even the last 10 years or so. I mean, it's a much stronger group than it was. The cupboard was kind of bare after, and he did exactly what he was supposed to do, but uh, Dabrowski traded a Dave Dabrowski traded a lot of prospects and didn't draft as well as he could have. Um, I mean, some of the stuff like Jay Groom, people give him crap for, but that was the best pitcher available there. You take the guy and he got hurt. There's nothing that's out of your control. But the system was just kind of bare, and it's gotten a lot stronger in the last few years, especially the position players. I think that the pitching is better than people give it credit for. I'm not saying that they have a future Pedro Martinez in there right now, but there are a few guys that if you told me they had decent careers as mid-rotation starters, I'd be like, yeah, that checks out. Um, but it's 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 a much stronger just all-around um, system than it used to be, and it's it, it, there's some guys – that are a lot of fun to watch there, even beyond just the the big three that we hear about in Kyle Teal, Roman Anthony, and Marcelo Meyer. Yeah, absolutely. And we finally, it looks like we have like two guys that might actually be major league starters in Brian Bayo and Cutter Crawford. A lot of uh, people are really high on him. It looks like he'll probably get a chance to start this year. Uh, but <laughs> is there anyone else in the farm system since it is a little bit more thin on like the top 100 guys not really being a lot of arms in there. Is there anyone that maybe like stands out to you as can be like a solid major league starter and kind of contribute um, to the rotation in the near future? Well, I'm going to answer that, but I want to know what you were, Ian, what were you cracking up about there with Cutter? <laughs> like were you yeah. as surprised as me that he's been as good of a starter as he's been? Because I, I didn't see that one coming. No, no, I am a Cutter Crawford fan. I think he's got good stuff and I think – Give him another year of development, he's going to be nasty. I am laughing at Jack Webster going, yeah, I know a lot of people are high on Cutter Crawford, and every day Jack Webster walks through this apartment and he goes, I am just so high on Cutter Crawford. <laughs> he uh, is yeah, going yeah. to nail it. So when he says that, <laughs> I know, I'm like, I know yeah, I know. High on Cutter Crawford. It's literally him, the few guys. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> it's like me and like five other guys just like outside of Fenway Park and our readjusted Mookie Betts number 50 jerseys uh, for Cutter Crawford now. Uh, we is, Frank so Steiner, it's, it's just uh, about like being Crawford ones. Ones. Yeah. This is about it's not about like you're that into him. You're just like, well, I just want to use the, I, I like this shirt. It's a good shirt. Yeah, exactly. We're recycling. We don't we don't want to just like burn a jersey. That's useless. Like at least give it to like Savers or something. But yeah, uh, no, or mail it to the Talking Yanks podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, respect it. I respect it. I respect getting uh, multiple uses out of something. Uh, no, the, there there are some decent pitchers. Luis Perales and Wickelman Gonzalez are the two that immediately stand out. They were added to the forty man roster to save them from the Rule Five draft, so they're on a time limit now. Um, 
Gonzalez is a little bit closer. He's at double A. He struggled with his control a bit, but had a really nice second half with um, the Sea Dogs and kind of put himself in a position that there's a chance that he's in triple A and 40 man roster spot. You never know. Maybe he makes a spot start or something if things are going well and they need him. Perales is a bit lower, but he's also younger. He's 20 and he's at high A. He's the first guy that I remember since I've been with Sox prospects in 2020, where they wrote in the scouting report that he has the ceiling of a number two starter, which is pretty, um, I mean, a number two starter is pretty Poor good. Uh, the, the thing with him that's, that, that's tricky. He's got phenomenal stuff, really, really good fastball with rise on it. Like you watch this guy pitch and you're like, Oh yeah, that's a big leaguer, but he's, He's on the more slender side. He's not the biggest guy in the world, and there's some concerns that he's not going to be durable enough for the role. Maybe he ends up a closer. Maybe he ends up a setup man. But those are two guys with with very good stuff. Then there are a few others. There's the two guys that were they traded for, uh, Richard Fitz from the Yankees. He's going to be Dick starting Fitz. the season at Dick AAA. Fitz, yeah. yeah, good old, yeah, good old Dick. Fitz. We need to bring in Fitz, uh, Richard Lovelady. <laughs> As yeah. well, and I think that the two of them would really make a uh, Dick's only just dream team right there. <laughs> yeah, Dick's and only then we, you know, let's bring Charlie Furbush and John Kudalagnis out of retirement while we're at it. You know, just like if we're gonna yeah. go, if they're not gonna be that good that year, let's just have fun with names. Uh, but yeah, there's him. There's <laughs> Nick Sandlin, who they just got from the Royals for John Schreiber, who's got good stuff. I haven't seen him throw or anything, but I've, I've been told he's got a lot of helium. He was throwing Hard 98 stop. at the end of last season. Hard stop. What do you think of Sandlin? Oh, I'm fine with it. I think that this is what they, I, I think Schreiber's a middle reliever and I, listen, I like John Schreiber a lot. He came on with me and Parker, really nice guy, was a triple, a random triple A guy when he got to Boston, turned himself into a big league middle reliever. But there are a lot of middle relievers in baseball, and there are a lot of middle relievers on the Red Sox. So if you're going to trade somebody like that for somebody who has the potential to be a starter, it's the guy that you're doing that you've got to move there. They've got so many other right-handed one-two inning relievers, um, just to name a few: Isaiah Campbell, Zach Kelly, Greg Weissert. There is a few other guys in AAA right now. There's Luis Guerrero, AJ Politi. You go down to double-A, there's Christopher Troy and, and Alex Hoppy. Hoppy has a 102-mile-an-hour fastball. They've got a lot of these guys that – you've only got a 40-man roster. So well, yeah. with those guys coming up well, – uh, I'm sorry, I, I thought you were done. What I was going to say is with, with, with pitching prospects in general, are you, you building the farm on that side for uh, trade purposes or for development or a little bit of both? Because I just see so many not work out. Yeah, it's a little bit of both. I think that you, that, that, I mean, that's a very good point too, because more often than not, they're not going to work out. It's just, it's just math. There's, you've got your 40 man roster and you've got four teams worth of minor leaguers plus the FCL right. and the DSL. A lot of these guys aren't going to work out. So it's a mix of also, you're fielding teams and it's best to field these teams with the best players you can, because when you're generally speaking, when you're playing with other talented players, you get a little bit better. There's um, this guy in AAA, Corey Rozier, said, uh, or Iron Sharpens Iron, first time I met him, about uh, when you're playing with good players. And that, that kind of hit home for me that, okay, yeah, if you're playing against higher competition, you're playing with higher competition, it's going to make you better. So for the sake of the rest of the team being better, it's good to have good talent around you. But you're you're right that they're not all going to work out. Like we'll be if if ten, fifteen of these guys make it to the majors at all, that's a success. Right. Yeah. Do you think like the there is a level of 
almost like a, a marketing aspect with pitching prospects, like um, like a a hype behind them, and which kind of increases their value. Because I feel like the Red Sox went through a period where they were missing on so many. It was like the you know the Anthony Renato years, Henry Owens. Where I feel like these guys were were marketed as top tier pitching prospects, but I don't really feel like they were. Yeah, I mean that's also just a symptom of being in this in, in Boston, Boston, New York, L.A. Their okay. their prospects yeah. always get hype, way hyped out more than they they should. Yeah. Be. I mean, how many how many Mason Williams have the Yankees produced before we realize that it's not not every single one of their guys turns into something? And that's true for the Red Sox too. I think with that whole class, I think Matt Barnes ended up having the best career out of the bunch for the pitchers. And I mean, not that his career is over, but it's you know he's at the He's at the end of it by comparison. So right. it's 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 a good point. I don't think that there has to be that balance between we have guys here in the minors and we have guys at the majors, and you can't just you can't just hoard all of the guys in the minors. I think that ended up being High and Bloom's downfall. That I mean, we can go that that that's a that's a whole long thing. But there was just Very they have so story, many guys yeah. that are shortstop and second base right now. At, in the minors, and you can't you can't just keep all of them. I think that it's a good idea if you're good at if you're good at developing shortstops, you develop those shortstops, and you trade those <laughs> shortstops for some pitching or whatever it is that you need. So I, I'm in favor of that. Um, it, it depends on the pitching prospect, and it depends on the market that they're in. I feel like the Rays and the the Guardians have a really high success rate with developing their pitching prospects. The Mariners certainly do. Uh, Red Sox not so much. I don't really think the Yankees have either and if I mean Michael King's the first guy I can remember in a while that's really done anything and they they traded him right away (laughs) yeah uh no absolutely it's good to see that at least we have a little bit more kind of an understanding of where the system's at than what we have in years past Matt LeBeau that is the smallest dog I've ever seen in my life that's a puppy that is a puppy you missed it earlier I was showing my dog I wasn't expecting there to be another one oh hello what's your name this is Maggie Oh, hi, Maggie. Maggie. A woman on the podcast? Another yeah, woman? woman? Sorry, Maggie, you got you to gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> How old is she? Uh, she is six months. Yeah. Oh, you're a baby. Yeah. She's a baby. So she's, so, she's so cute. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's, that's, sorry, that's the kind of cameo that I'm here for. Yeah, exactly. I figured she, she needed one, one, one appearance. Sorry to, to throw you off. <laughs> yeah, it's, that was my fault, Jack Webster. Um. If you can pick up right where you left off, try not to repeat anything you said. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah I'll just go to another question. I already forgot what I was saying. Uh, so <laughs> you're kind of mentioning earlier about um, that uh, relief cord that we have right now, especially throughout the minors. But there's two guys that have to make the 26-man roster, or essentially we lose them in Justin Sling and a uh, familiar name, Brian Mata. Uh, what do you think of like their chances, and who do you think might actually end up uh, on that opening day roster? I think Slayton has a better chance than Mata. I think Slayton, they traded up to get him in the Rule 5 draft. They traded a prospect for that, so, you know, that seems like there's kind of a waste of a trade if you're just going to immediately let the guy go back to Texas, and he was considered one of the higher-regarded people available in the Rule 5 draft, and he's for all, he, he looked great last year. Looked, he's he was one of the two people Alex Cora commented on today has impressed him. So I think Slayton's got as good a chance as, as anybody. Mata, he was the top pitching prospect in the system for, for a while and needed surgery, 
couple of times, missed most of last season. Doesn't seem like he's particularly disciplined. Um, and maybe that's changed this offseason. Maybe he really got in, got his act together. But I, I don't have high hopes for him being able to uh, keep it together for the full season, um, certainly, or even spring training. I, he was a starter. He's a full-time reliever now. It, I would, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he started the season on the IL more than anything else. Hmm. I think that that's, that's more likely than him, uh, getting DFA'd and then somebody claims him. I think it's more likely that he gets hurt, but that's, I, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope he shows everybody that they were wrong to, that, that they were wrong to discount him and that he's the next great setup man, but I, I don't have a lot of faith in him right now. We were hoping the same thing for Caleb Ort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't think anybody was holding their breath on Caleb Ort. I'll tell I mean, you this, Ort in AAA was uh, absolutely filthy closer. He was, I'd see, like, when he came in in Worcester, you knew the game was over. And for whatever reason, and it's not, like, his velocity was down to the majors. I don't know what was going on there, but he was hitting 101, 102 in AAA. It felt like every time I was there, I think he did that once with the Red Sox. Like, I don't know what was going on there. Yeah, it, I, when he came up, I was high on Caleb Bort because you're right. He was he was chucking triple digit fastballs, and then of course he hit Major League Baseball. And nowadays everyone can hit a triple digit fastball. And Caleb Bort was maybe a two tool guy, maybe a two pitch kind of guy. It, it's sad to see him having been DFA'd by his fourth team this off season. I have higher hopes for the upcoming prospects. And now Fulmer is going to be in the system. We have Hendricks in the system as of two days ago. I, I think we have our closers to the future, and it's sad to see Caleb Bortz just... How yeah, fun I, is I wonder it, which though, team he's going to go to next. I'm psyched for Hendricks, dude. Like, yeah. it's sad because I think that means we have a Kenley Jansen blockbuster trade coming up, and we're probably going to limp on a closer for the next six months. But I think Liam Hendricks is going to be the next big closer for Boston. I'm not as confident about a trade with him just because he um, he was having the like the sort like the lat soreness or whatever when he got to he's lying trading. yeah he's yeah. faking it he just wants <laughs> he just loves it so much that he was deceived that they were going to be going for it this year <laughs> yeah. he does talk yeah. about going into the Hall of Fame in a Red Sox hat because he loves Boston that much but I don't think he will I don't believe him I don't believe he's him lying. for a second he's like exactly no. That's no, I don't believe that for a second the lat. he's making it up he's lying. I'm so sorry. I just very passionate about Liam Hendricks and Kenley Jansen. Uh, have you did did you read that thing that Catillo posted the other day about like the like the Australian sayings he has like oh, so what are you doing here and it's like or you're here for your interview and he's like well I'm not here to not here to what was it uh, uh fuck spiders I'm not here to fuck spiders that's what it was <laughs> I forgot if it was an insect or an arachnoid or what spiders that's what it is yeah yeah God. I mean that just sounds that just sounds fun that's like your classic character closer yeah, yeah they have they have eight hands the spiders do he's like a fucking. less problematic jonathan papelbon where like he's actually like inclusive and in the lgbt community and like his, his wife's a canadian and like he enjoys hockey but like still has that like crazy energy obviously uh, we're going to hear some really good um, F-bombs uh, on the mound uh, through hot mics and everything this year. So I'm really looking forward uh, to hearing Dave O'Brien trying to explain that it wasn't curse words on uh, the live air. Yeah, yeah. No, he'll be I, – I kind of like this. I hadn't thought of it, but I kind of like the woke Papelbon uh, yeah. uh, title for him. <laughs> 
Do you think he thinks about us when we're not there? Yeah, he, Jonathan Papelbon, known follower of Not Another Socks podcast. Matthew uh, LeBeau, why are you shaking your head at me? You son of a non-believer, you. How dare you? He doesn't know us. That's not yeah, true. Yeah, no, he doesn't know us. It's not true. Him and Don Orsillo talk about us all the time. Don Orsillo does Orsillo know us, you? yeah. Orsillo, Orsillo does. just seems like the nicest guy. I bet you he does. I bet you he would be able to, like, ask you about how your family is doing stuff and stuff like that if he if he ever met you. Yeah. yeah, like the Mr. Well, Rogers of baseball announcers. Yeah, uh, Matt LeBeau's yeah. from the same town of uh, Smithfield, Rhode Island, so I think that is actually like a hundred percent possible. Yeah, that's that's like pretty much confirmed. Don Orsillo is a good guy, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> Don Orsillo is your dad. Yeah. He's your dad. Mm-hmm. It's like whenever you hear like news about like Bill Murray or like Tom Hanks, it's always like, oh yeah, he's the exact like good type of guy that we thought he was. Especially now that Bill Murray has developed that 97-mile-an-hour fastball. He's going to be nuts. Yeah. For Space Owner Jam of a minor league team and also pitcher for it. I think Space Jam kind of, 3 featuring Bill Murray baseball. on the mound. Yeah. Space Jam 1 was a baseball movie. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, you could just Space Jam with Shohei instead of LeBron. I think that'd be great. Oh, that would actually be like awesome. I think we need to like pitch that to like yeah. Universal or Disney or so, whoever makes those movies. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. In fact, if you are Paramount or Disney or ABC or Warner Bros or anyone listening or to this Don podcast and you do that or Don Orsillo or Don Orsillo, yeah. We'll sue you for the trademark. Anyway, back to baseball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what, what were we even talking about? Good question. Uh Liam uh, Hendricks. Oh yeah. Yeah, he seems good. Uh, we haven't even talked about him uh, since uh, we last recorded, but that's going to be like one of those things where it's like, hopefully, you know, the team's good uh, at the trade deadline and he's that like additional piece that, you know, you're always hoping that comes back and is as good of a trade, which seems like it happens every year uh, with us here where, you know, um, it was Trevor, Trevor Story the year before. Yeah, Trevor Story's, Story's a trade acquisition, guys. Yeah. yeah, short story. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna go. Hope's gonna come back. He's gonna be our ace. Whitlock's yeah. gonna be back. He's gonna be even better than before. I'm so out. glad we we can't use the Chris Sale trade deadline excuse this year. <laughs> we got Chris yeah. Sale. He's coming back. He's gonna be fine. He's gonna be great, guys. Can you get a better pitcher on the open market at the trade deadline than Chris Sale? Um, uh, I mean, yeah, they got Aaron Savali. Like the Rays got Aaron Savali last year. Right, that's, that's what I'm saying. That that was their that was like their thing. They were like, well, we're getting Chris Sale back, so. You know, I look around the league. Can you get a, a better pitcher than Chris Sale? I mean, I don't know. Can the guy pitch? Like, yeah, it's like yeah, when I, your mom drives past McDonald's and it's like, ah, we got food at home, and it's just Chris yeah. Sale. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think we got Randy? Can we got Randy Johnson at home. It's Chris Sale. Yeah, <laughs> we got Randy right-handed Johnson, Chris, Chris Sale at home. It's Tanner Houck. That is yeah, that's, that's probably the more accurate one. I was saying that the other day. Like, what would be? What would be Tanner Houck putting it all together for you guys? Uh, like, being a closer. That, like that's what, him putting it all together for me. Yeah. Are you asking what pitcher like Tanner Houck would be? Statistically, what it would look like. Like, what would what would the results be? For like, you, oh, wow, he figured it out this year. Putting it all together, I think, would be like him being a, a decent starter, honestly. I think it would be him being like a workhorse number three or a closer. Yeah. One, or, one or the other. Yeah, I would. I would definitely take the closer role, but... I don't know. I don't necessarily feel like to be a good closer, you have to quote unquote be you know putting it all together when you have that much ability. Because I think if a guy with that much ability actually put it all together, I really do think he should be starting. But 
you know, with where he's at now, I think he can be an effective closer now. Even with just kind of his two and a half pitches, you know. <laughs> he's got the he's definitely got the closer psycho energy. I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. He's scary. Yeah. He's scary. Yeah. He he frightens me more than any other pitcher on the team. If I were to give you hard numbers, when Tanner Houck puts it all together, he fluctuates between a two eighty nine and a three twenty four ERA. I would That's put him between specific. Yeah, it's no, very specific. But it's true. Yeah, what's his I'm a numbers guy like that. Guys, yeah, shut up. If FIP isn't no, real. No, no, that's good. I like that. That's workhorse numbers. That's like peak John Lackey numbers. I, I dig that. Ooh. Yes, and as we all know, workhorse is is the long version of W-A-R. Uh, but Tanner Houck is a solid – I think he's a high three. I would love him at two, but I think the thing that would make him real sneaky is if he came out on the third day and was throwing a 324 ERA and he was very sneakily putting wins in the Red Sox win column. I think when he puts it all together, that's what would make him a weapon is you don't expect him to be disgusting. And then on the third day, he comes in and he puts the whole game away. But he's not there yet, and I really hope he gets there by the spring – because Whitlock's next, and Han- uh, Hauk is not far behind him. Yeah, it definitely yeah. seems like it's going to probably be a competition, really, between the two of them for that fifth spot, unless if we sign Jordan Montgomery. Um, well, and then it's, that, that it's uh, also Josh Winkowski. That's what's going to be. That's that's yeah. the wild card in all of this. Mm-hmm. People people keep telling me, like, in what universe is he starting the season in AAA? And they're stretching him out as a starter, and they have a million <laughs> right-handed relievers. So, yeah, he's probably going to be going five, six innings, and then, that's the first guy up if somebody gets hurt. Yeah. Not Cooper Criswell. I hate. I like. I. I. I here's the thing. Okay. I. I'm at at least forty, forty-five triple A games a year for for the Woo Sox. I mean, I'm, I'm in the locker room there. I'm not going to say how I feel about that signing. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, I'm not going to do it. We're, we're not going to get you in any trouble. <laughs> They're not. We can the... say it. He sucks. God. Yeah, they're not, they're not, we just, yeah, you know, they're just not, you know, Yeah, you're not that guy. I think, you know, as the guy with options for $1 million, who really cares at the end of the day? Like, that's not going to really hurt you in any such way at all. Like, if you need a DFA, um, I'm not losing any sleep over that. Um, It was obviously kind of a shitstorm when it happened on Twitter because everybody has been expecting a whole lot more. And thankfully we at least signed one free agent in uh, Lucas Giolito to make sure that. Yeah, it was a decent sign. Yeah. It's something that we needed. I said it at the time on our show where Lucas Giolito is a perfect compliment piece. If you go out and you either trade for a Luzardo or you get a Montgomery and you don't have to depend on Lucas Giolito necessarily being that 200-inning, 350 ERA type of guy. Uh, but if you get that, then obviously great. But um, uh, I just imagine what, like, the offseason might look like if we didn't even do that. Um, but, oh, no, it would, yeah. have been, would have been an absolute disaster class. Like, so that – at least that's a good move, a, yeah. like a solid guy in the rotation. But it does – yeah, the rotation does feel a little bit light, I guess. I'm okay with. I'm not. I don't hate everybody in it or anything. I don't think it's the worst rotation in baseball. It's just it it it, it it's very bottom heavy. You know, Who there's is? a lot of guys that you if they, if they're your number four, your number five starter, you're stoked about it. You're really happy about it. Uh, like I think pretty much. A, I mean, even Bayo. I think if you're going into the season with Bayo as your number three, you're in good shape. Yeah, and like Nick Pavetta is like a four type of guy. Uh, I know he's yeah, had that new early board slider. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, love him. Yeah. Who is the worst rotation in baseball? Nope, Matt I mean, LeBeau, I go first. 
It's the right. Well, that's all right. I was going to say. <laughs> okay. It's, now he's... it's a lot of yeah. It's a lot of threes and fours. And then the other issue is there's not a lot of guys with ceilings to be like much more than that. So I mean, Giolito obviously has had the success, and you could make the argument for Bayo, but it's it's almost like you know exactly how all these pitchers are pretty much going to perform, and it's you know it's three or four. I mean, we might get a couple surprises here and there, but I'm not counting on someone coming out and, and like Giolito having a top ten Cy Young type year. You know, that'd be sweet though, Giolito. We know you're listening. Top 10 Cy Young would be an awesome, awesome goal to have. Yeah, do that. Run the top 10 Cy Young award play. You won't. It's so simple. It's really easy. I mean, yeah. I can throw a 103, but, yeah, I just wasn't a fan, you know. Didn't like playing. The um, Rockies? Yeah, do you, the Rockies have to be the one for it. They don't have – yeah, their aces like Cal Quantrill. Like, they're, they're, they're not <laughs> good. Yeah. True. They're, they are objectively not good. Okay, so then here's my question, and Jack Webster and I argue about it all the time. Where does the Yankees pitching rotation rank, in your mind, obviously as a Red Sox fan, but objectively as a baseball person? What does the Yankees rotation look like this year? Um, Jarrett Cole and a bunch of hurt guys again. <laughs> yeah. That seems like that's sort of their MO. Um, Shit, yeah, I, I mean, Cole, Cole, Cole alone makes them – at, like a pretty formidable rotation just because you have inarguably the best starting pitcher in baseball right now there. But after him, I, I'm i not that impressed by Esther Cortez. I don't think Carlos Rodon can stay healthy. And uh, I, I mean, who else Who else even is there? Uh, Stroman, uh, yeah. who they acquired. And, yeah, no, yeah. I forgot about him. I guess he's, he's all right, but like, do you feel that much better? All right, if you had to pick a guy to start a game for you, Marcus Stroman or Nick Pavetta, it's kind of a toss-up, right? Yeah. No, Nick Pavetta every day, but I love Nick Pavetta, so just different. But I also hate Marcus Stroman because he's he's an asshole. So there's, there's yeah. What? But if we're being, I, I am proud you to, to be objective, though. So yeah. yeah, if we're being objective, it's not like he's had a bad career or anything. It's not like he's a bad pitcher. I just you know like am I excited? Hey, it's Game Seven. Everything's on the line. We got Marcus Stroman on the mound. Like, are you <laughs> are you feeling good about that game? Not not really. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I think that one difference between the Red Sox and the Yankees rotation is kind of what I went back to before. The Yankees do have some guys that have, like, you know, number one, two potential in addition to Cole. So, like, you know, Rodon, if he's healthy, if he can put it together. I will say Cortez had, you know, the one good year. He's a junk uh, dollar, though. Those guys. Yeah. Those guys no, I mean, I, I, yeah, I agree. I, I, I yeah, I, I, I mean, and then Stroman. I don't. He doesn't do anything for me. I feel like we're forgetting someone pretty probably. Pretty uh, big Mark though. Schmidt, I think, is projected to be their number five, and he's he's a guy that exists. Oh yeah, he, yeah, Schmidt. He's okay. I, I would take okay. Tanner helps better than than Clark Schmidt is your number five. I, yeah, I, I think yeah. that that's that's pretty handed hand, a handed win there for uh, for Hauk. Mm-hmm. Not not I, impressed by, by Schmidt. I would think the Red Sox five is going to be better than the four on a lot of other teams. Yeah, that's what they're because they're so bottom heavy. I completely agree with you. There. Right. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Another guy competing for that rotation spot, which uh, Ian and I go back on for uh, back and forth on a little bit is uh, Garrett Whitlock. Obviously, he's had a lot of health concerns really throughout his entire career. Uh, you know, there's always been the argument since day one, whether you should keep him as a starter, keep him as a reliever. Um, and this year, you know, we're in year four of that essentially. And, uh, you know, it's kind of about time we 
figure out what exactly the he does for us. Yeah. So can, can I tell you with Whitlock, I was I was all on board. Whitlock should start how can the bullpen? Whitlock should start counting bullpen. And then Whitlock got hurt again this year. And I was kind of like, you know what? I think it's time to put him in the bullpen. And then Whitlock shows up looking like John Lester at Winter Weekend. And I'm back on the Whitlock is in the rotation <laughs> boat just because he looks like he's in the – he literally is like a best shape of their life guy. If he's not going to be able to start now, he's never going to be able to. So I'm back on, fuck it, let's make him the fifth starter until he gets hurt. We've got options that can come in after that, yeah. and we can decide it once and for all. But I feel like the law – I don't know. Like, I – I, I feel like you have a guy with four pitches like that, that when he's on, he's really, really good. I don't know. It, it, it's hard for me to be like, yeah, no, he's uh, got to put him in the pad. And if they do, please, 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 I never want to see another piggyback guy. That was <laughs> that, like where you use a guy for four innings or three innings out of the pen and you can't use them for another three days. No, please, please. Let's not let's not kneecap the rest of the relievers that way, please. Yeah, I, I am fine with never seeing another opener again uh, for this Red Sox rotation after last season. Me and too. he kind of had it with Dick Pavetta where, like, he was going six innings and pitching every fifth day anyways. That's whatever to me, but, like, when you're saying – kind of like what you're saying, like the whole piggyback thing, maybe if it's, like, uh, you're on, like, a 10-game road series and you need uh, just innings one day, that's one thing. But uh, I think, you know, kind of depending on that, every fifth day – or twice well, every out of every five days like we did last you year. Best, yeah. You can't use your best reliever every four days or something and that's that's it. Like it's just it just doesn't seem like a good idea. Especially right. I mean, they have some decent leverage guys for one inning. I just don't like them wasting an arm like that where they're kind of done for the week. It just it doesn't seem like a, a very effective strategy. I disagree with all three of you. I think the opener strategy, as long as it's always Bernie it's an awesome fifth day. I would even say like a sixth day, you give Bernie two innings, maybe three to open, and then you put Pavetta or Whitlock or Hauk, a real flamethrower, in just a few innings into the game. And then you bring Kenley in in the ninth, or you bring Martin in in the ninth, to or to fight fires, as it were. I think the opening strategy works if your opener is Bernie and your second guy throws heat. is just a 97 guy inning after inning. Which so I, I will. I, I, here's what I'll say to that. Big Fudge also. They they can bring Big Fudge back. Big Fudge. Uh, Austin Davis. Bring back yeah. Big Fudge and let him do it too. That's that's my uh, that's my compromise there. Oh, but someone just grabbed the Fudge. Did yeah, it was the, the Dodgers. No, it was the Padres. They could the they Padres. could trade for him though. You know, give him uh, for Jaron Duran. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, not Jaron Duran. Uh, Austin Davis. <laughs> can you imagine if? If Padres pick up Austin Davis and we trade Jaron Duran for Austin Davis, that'd be funny. Yeah, I I would officially just not watch a single game for the rest of the season. Yeah, does it Ed? Does it feel better knowing you are going to spend less money on baseball tickets this year? Um. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like I'm. It, it's pretty cool having a press pass. Like I'm not gonna. Oh yeah, same. Otherwise, it's pretty, it's pretty great. The buffet. I don't know if you've been to the buffet in uh, Polar Park. It's uh, it, it's better than anything you get at Fenway. Honestly, like I, I don't think the food at uh, at Fenway is very good. No, it's not F tier. 
Um, no, I used to be a former Paw Sox intern, so I'm sure all the uh, chefs came over there, and it, it, I was eating good. Man. This was when I was in college, uh, just free buffet every day. I, I took advantage yeah, no, of that. That's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Like, oh, like, I haven't been to Polar Park yet. Like, it, they put on a good show. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I saw I saw Bobby Dalbeck hit a home run off of a train last year. That was pretty cool. Off of a train? It's, yeah, because yep. the Amtrak goes right by it. It's the second time that's happened. Um, Johan Mieses did it in uh, 2021. He was that guy that looked kind of like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He was like a stunt <laughs> double. He did it. It was, it was it was pretty cool. And then he went on a uh, Linsanity run with the Nationals, so glad to see that. No, that was Joey yeah. Manessis. Oh, that was, was Joey Manessis. Manessis. That's Joey right. Manessis. That's right. Yeah. Manessis, no, Joey Manessis, though, was was fun because he would all he would have the Dragon Ball Z theme as his walk-up music. Okay, that is a lot of trick. <laughs> yeah, like that was like always – I was like, who is this weep? And then he – has been like a, like the everyday first baseman for the for the Nationals for better or for worse. Uh, last year wasn't quite as good as uh, before. I, I'm a secondary Nationals fan. Uh, uh, he wasn't bad up last in DC. year, though. Yeah, no, he wasn't bad, but uh, I, I felt like good. the um, carriage kind of turned back into a pumpkin a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. But, I mean, you know uh, what? I'm cheering yeah. for him. He he's uh, an Olympic hero, I believe, uh, with uh, Team USA. Or was that somebody uh, Mexico. else? He was with Mexico. He was. Oh, he was uh, with Mexico. He played yeah. for Team Mexico. He was an international right. league MVP. That that's a, that's something, all right. Yeah. Did you just reference 2011 point guard for the New York Knicks, Jeremy Lin, to my face, Jack Webster? Yeah, I did. I know. Dude, um, bringing up a lot insanity. Yeah, bringing up a lot of um, relevant uh, conversations in the year 2024 from 2011 basketball on this Red Sox podcast. I'm just saying, without Lin sanity. New York Knicks would have been nothing forever. I love yeah. basketball. Ed is on a insanity run. The press pass. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That, that's that's the same this thing. Is, yeah. This is his insanity run. It is. It is. <laughs> Linsanity, um, press pass, same thing. Same yeah, thing. Exactly. that's living the good life. Yeah. So obviously, uh, you kind of mentioned it a lot earlier in the podcast. With the three big guys, and these are probably yeah. as big of a three guys as we've seen since, like, Bogarts, Betts, and, like, Benatendi, even though they weren't all at the same time. I think it was but... more Devers. I think it was more yeah, Devers, Devers, Benatendi, yeah. and, and Mankata, and then Mankata got traded. Um, there's been a little bit of a debate of, you know, who's number one, who's number two. Uh, a lot of people have kills number three, but I wanted to see your opinion on kind of where they rank personally for you. Um yeah, I actually go Anthony number one, Teal number two, Meyer number three. And my reasoning for that is that Meyer hasn't had a full season where he stayed healthy at this point, and that is uh, concerning. I still think he's very talented, and I think he's probably going to end up everyday shortstop, but catchers are harder to find than shortstops. And Roman Anthony, I, I don't like making comps to – uh, to current players, because it's not really fair to them, but like he's kind of there, there's a little bit of Kyle Tucker in him, uh, in that he does he does everything pretty well, mm-hmm. and he's got a really good eye, really good power, and the oldest 19 year old I have ever spoken to. He <laughs> seems like he is like in his 30s and has been doing this forever, and the kid's like one year removed from high school. It's it's nuts. Yeah, to think of what like I was doing when I was 19 years old, like just oh yeah, class to smoke weed and. Uh, not doing any of my assignments compared to being like one of the best hitters really in the entire world, including MLB. Uh, yeah, he also looks like, why, yeah. yeah, he looks like a, like a Bruins hockey player circa 1985. It's like, it's, it's wild. 
Yeah, he's got the flow. He's a, he's a good-looking lad. Is that yeah, before or after the Miracle on Ice? Oh, oh yeah. After. I think that would have been after, but I'm not. I'm not. I, I married into a big hockey family, but I'm not as much of a hockey person. <laughs> That's fair. We got to get. I just know what hockey players there. look like. Yeah, <laughs> it's sometime between the Miracle on Ice and the Jamaican bobsled team, which uh, are confirmed the not same Olympics. Uh, just one Olympics <laughs> apart, but so he's somewhere in there. Yeah. We, I have to tell you this story, Ed. It's a baseball podcast, but it's also a comedy podcast. But a few years back, Jack and I and our former third roommate, who we are still very close with, we were having a conversation about the Olympics in the living room. And out of pocket, out of absolutely nowhere, Jack Webster goes, it's so funny to think that Cool Runnings and Miracle on Ice were the same Olympics. And nobody questioned him. It, everyone totally agreed. They were like, oh, my God, did that really happen? And Jack goes, like, oh, I have no idea. That's yeah. life that's before the that's internet, so you could just look it up. Exactly. Take for it. Yeah, the difference is Miracle on Ice was 1980 and Cool Runnings was 1984, and I want you to take that with you tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's, I learned something today. I, exactly. I, I had a shop teacher in high school who was, or maybe, I think it was junior high, who was on the Olympic bobsled, bobsled team for Ireland. He was like a backup for them. So we watched cool runnings in that class. He we made we made bobsleds out of wood and raced them. It was it was like these little mini ones, not like real bobsleds. Mm-hmm. It was uh that was that was a very form that was seventh grade. That was part of my formulative uh years. <laughs> That's nice. awesome. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, cool. You know what Matt LeBeau was doing during his formative years? Bagging chicks. Yeah. Jerking off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm I shouldn't have started that conversation. That's my fault. Hey, you asked. You asked. You asked, what, yeah. What There's no one to grade? blame but yourself. What was I doing in seventh grade? Jerking off. I yeah. mean, isn't that true for everybody, though? Like, that's when you're, like, you no. kind of just don't have control over yourself anymore for, like, three years, four years, five years, six yeah. years, seven years, 20 years. <laughs> yeah. No, I never did that. I'm actually waiting for marriage. Oh, you're a good boy. Yeah. So we've got sex god Matt over here, good boy Ian, and Jack, are you just like in the middle, having like the angel on, the angel Ian on one shoulder and the devil Matt on the other? Like, yeah, that, pretty much. That's like the gist of this podcast. Chaotic yeah, no. neutral. Exactly. Like on one hand, uh, we got the devil and he's saying, just go jerk it right now. And then on the other hand, we have um, seventh grade angel uh, where it was like, oh, the Red Sox won the World Series and this is the first year. Uh, where you can actually like follow the team and everything else like that and enjoy it. Cause like 2004, I was a little too young, uh, to like stay up every game and I was obviously living out of state too. So like, uh, that, that's kind of like the, um, uh, it's quite a mouthful for the angel, don't you think? I feel like the angel said a lot on your shoulder. No, nope, yeah, Ian's the angel. Do. Ian's definitely the angel. Thanks. Aw, Ed. You're 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 a good boy. You're a good boy, and Matt, but the thing is, like Matt gets all the chicks because he's a bad boy. This he is does. Real. Like it's very. I I, I, I get this dynamic. I am get. I am understanding this dynamic. Oh yeah. no, you're good. Please come back on and and read us anytime. You're nailing it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. This is honestly kind of scary. <laughs> what you? But what you miss though is that even in adulthood, Matt LeBeau always gets his gal. But I think we like Megan. Yeah, she's cool, but she, guess, she, yeah. she's gonna come on the pod for a little while. So, yeah. So, are you guys are you guys all from Rhode Island? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, Jack's yeah, no. from Jack's from DC originally, but I've lived up in Rhode Island for about ten years now. So we're all big McCoy Stadium guys. 
um, which is sad. And Eden grew up in uh, Maine too, so he was more of a Sea Dogs fan. Um, but yeah, no, uh, we are very sad to see him go. I have been to uh, Polar Park a few times, and it's a great stadium. I do uh, miss the Paw Sox here. I wish there was a way both could have existed somehow. Same. Yeah, you don't need but... a team in Salem, Virginia. I'm sorry, that no. is not necessary. Yeah, like who are they pulling in for that? I've heard the stadium shit from a guy who is from ten minutes away from that there. So. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just not, I don't know why there's a team there. Greenville's supposed to be a nice stadium, so I don't want to be like, uh, but I was at the last game at McCoy. I don't know if you guys, any of you guys were at that, but I was covering that game yeah. and it was a three, it was one guy had a three, had three home runs and the last one was a walk off in the 10th inning. It was. That's incredible. right. I did the know that I wasn't, at, I wasn't at uh, the last game. I was because you didn't know it was the last game because this no, was, it was supposed to be yeah. a full season. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So I was very disappointed by that or else I would have definitely been there. If like, I knew it was like, Oh yeah, this is the last time I would have actually bought tickets, even though I know people in the box office and everything. And, um, I was very sad to see it go. Um, uh, doesn't sound like really too much is going to be really going on at that uh, site now. They got the soccer team down in Rhode Island, which is a whole nother debacle. So thank you, Gina Ramundo. <laughs> yeah. Ed, Ed, what yeah, was that? Waste. It's a total waste. Yeah. What was uh, that? that was me uh, using my finger to blow my brains out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sorry, I was worried it might be something more. Just making sure, yeah. yeah. No, that was, it was, uh, yeah, no, no, not morbid at all. Not more, but no. we're, we're all a little happy here. Today. Every 2024 Red Sox fan is going to be doing that very, very shortly. <laughs> I, so can I, can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? I actually Please. don't think this team is as bad as it's being made out to be. I think that they're just going to win 78 games again for the third season in a row. They're going for the Chris Davis record, you know, yeah. the 247 for four straight years. They just want to win 78 games as many times as they possibly can. That's what they're going for. John Henry's sick of World Series. He's won the most this this century, so he's going for a, a really stupid, overly specific record now. <laughs> I, I love bad. that. Thanks. That's bad. That's they're bad. mid, though. They're mid. That's they're not, mid. That's mid for, like, the MLB, but that's bad for the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, for the Reds. I mean, no, it's, it's bad for the Boston Red Sox this century. They they were pretty bad for for, for yeah. a long time. No, they were. Like they they're, were. they're 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 mediocre. They they're, yeah. They're just like honestly, this team isn't. When you look at the lineup, people are like, oh, they need another right-handed power bat. But I don't I don't know. Is Trevor <laughs> Story really gonna hit 188 again? If he does, they're kind of fucked anyway. Yeah, you know, right. like getting Tejas Hernandez isn't gonna help you there. Yeah. I think William Abreu can play. I, I think that Vaughn Grissom, I think, was a, was a really nice trade. I think Tyler O'Neill. I mean, who knows if he's staying healthy, but he doesn't have to carry the offense. He just has to come in against lefties and destroy them, which I, if you've seen that guy, seems like something he could probably do. He's, mm-hmm. his dad was Mr. Universe for, or Mr. Canada, which is the Canada equivalent of Mr. Universe. And, you know, he had that good 2021 season. So like, pitching is, is what it is. I, I don't know, but we were just talking about how, like, you look at the Yankees rotation and the back end of that. I mean, does it do anything for you? It doesn't do anything for me. Nope. I don't know. I don't I, know. Like, I think they're, they're mediocre. They're mediocre. They're not generationally bad. I am in the minority when I say that I stand the Yankees rotation. I think their starting five is, is pretty solid, but this is a Red Sox podcast, and I'm I'm sorry to have sinned by respecting the Yankees rotation like that. Uh, but Kenley Jansen really said it best. You, you can never you count never out the Red Sox. Right. You, you just know. never know. 
And granted, this is not the Red Sox team we were hoping for. It's lacking Shoei Otani and Yashinobu Yamamoto. But all around, I, I would say there are very few players that fall below average. I think most players are average to above average. And I think we have one, maybe two studs in there. I want 10 studs, but you can't count them out. The Red Sox I, have I always been a baseball be, team. That needs to be the tagline of the show. I want 10 studs. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, no. What I think maybe, yeah, that maybe that's the episode name. There you go. Yeah. I don't hey, know. Bro. I really like Lynn Sanity as the episode name. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Real quick. Um, I unfortunately do have to, to run, but I want to just thank you, Ed, for coming on. Appreciate it. Oh, hell yeah. No, I'll great to meet you, you, man. Yeah, absolutely. You guys have a good night, and we'll be talking soon. Okay, love yeah, you. sounds good. Okay, love love you. Bye. No, I love you. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay. Yep. Yeah, okay, now he's gone. Thank God. Ah, oh, oh, man. can't stand so that guy. Oh. <laughs> this is why Webb is the chaotic neutral. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, the, uh, like the, another question or two, and we'll let you go. We uh, appreciate your time here. Oh yeah, I mean uh, that Love Is Blind isn't gonna watch itself. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm it's not, not gonna, gonna watch, watch anything. More movies. Because <laughs> um, so there's been extension talks between Tristan Casas and Brian yeah. Bayo, and uh, probably even a few other guys that we haven't even uh, touched upon too. If you had to pick one guy that you're signing to that Braves. Eight year, one hundred million dollar, one percent back to the Braves Foundation type of deal. Who are you doing it for on this team right now? Oh right, I was going to say Caleb Hort, but you said right now, so um. oh yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we can trade for him. That we'll we'll throw in a uh, big word in there too. We can just Bobby clear him off waivers. Oh, Bobby yeah. Dalback. Yeah. Nah, nah, it's Tristan Cassis. It's Tristan Cassis. I mean, that's your generational first baseman right there. Like, I don't think people quite appreciate just how good his second half was. That he was like the worst hitter in baseball in April, and ended up finishing third in rookie of the year. And now we're talking about hey, we have to extend him for. 10 11 years whatever it is yeah no i want i'm going all day with cassis i think that he the spotlight is not too big for him he is the he has the single best eye and approach of any red Sox batter i've seen since kevin ukulele's he might not have the same like hand-eye coordination as mookie betts but his approach when he goes up there i haven't seen anything like that in a long time um the power is very real i think the defense is going to get better and even if it doesn't he's like a six foot six killing machine that's a nice big target <laughs> um no you build your you build this franchise you create your lineup tristan cassis and Raphael devers for the next decade you you do that you do that as as quick as you can yeah that seems like a good recipe for success yeah, well, I mean, he's got the, he's got a skill set that carries over well, so it's not like somebody like and this is this is my issue with like a player that's like Jared Duran, where it's more based on the athleticism. If he loses a step, it's not going to be good. If Cassis loses a step, what he's going he's he's going to be slower. Like who cares? He's hitting five hundred fifty foot bombs. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Webster, same question to you, pal. Of all the extension talk that we're getting these days, who are you extending? Honestly, I might go Brian Bayo, and there's some conversation around that. I want just a team-controlled starting pitcher that we know we can depend on for the next five, seven years. I really do believe he can be a frontline guy for us. Uh, you saw it uh, throughout flashes of last year and the year before that, where I think he has ace potential. Obviously, he had some hiccups, especially near the end, especially in day games, but I'm hoping – 
with the new pitching development system that Greg Breslow and Andrew Bailey and Kyle Bodie and everybody else that they brought in can kind of finally put it all together for him and, uh, you know, a few other guys like uh, Cutter Crawford and Nick Pavetta and a lot of the other guys that we um, developed. But having a guy that's already here on the major leagues where you see a lot of room for improvement unless if you're talking Yanks and uh, talking baseball, um, I think it's something that we haven't had in a long time. And um, I, w- I want to stay see stay here in Boston. I think that that's a perfectly valid argument there. Um, yeah. the, the issue is that it's picking one. And if you're picking between an anchor for your lineup or a number one, number two guy in your rotation, it's it's just a safer bet to go with the hitter to go with the, mm-hmm. the first baseman that it, it's just, it's just the safer thing. So I think if you're picking one, if you're investing your money and you're as terrified to spend as the Red Sox appear to be of late, I, I think mm-hmm. that you have to go with the safer bet. You gotta, you gotta play a little more conservatively, but I, I totally understand the interest in Mayo there. And I would have no complaints if they extended him. He watching him pitch in triple a, uh, he was just so much better than everybody else coming up. This is before he got to the majors and everything. But mm-hmm. he was just so he was head and shoulders better than everybody everybody else there at the time. It was it, it, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. We got a chance to see him down there too. Um, he's absolutely electric. Um, and, uh, and you know, I would probably even go Tristan Casas at the end of the day. That makes a lot more sense. Uh, but I feel like there's also the element, uh, you know, it was just his first year. You don't have to worry about that arbitration clock even quite yet. Uh, so that factors into me into it a little bit more, too, for me. Uh, but, Ian, uh, we haven't heard your answer on this, and you can't use the first two that we used. It's got to be Connor Wong. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you were asking me if there is a third player that I would extend that is not Casas and that is not Bayo, I would look you in the face, and I would very – very quite seriously tell you your mom oh, ah! man. got him god fuck yeah yeah absolutely got him but if you were asking me who i would extend i would extend jaron duran i maybe not an eight-year hundred million dollar contract right but i'd probably give him five or six years because the athleticism is what makes him a special player last year he had a pretty solid breakout season in the midst of tragedy. He has decent, he has decent power, decent on base. He's a great defender, but Jaron Duran has absolute speed. Like when we had him, the guy was stealing bags. The guy was getting on base and he knew that as long as he was on base, he could get to the next one. I would throw an extra few years at Jaron Duran for his sheer ability to get from first base to home plate. That's one yeah, you haven't heard too much. If anything, you've heard a little bit more in trade conversations. Yeah, uh, but he's, I think he's going to be a solid contributor for us uh, this year and hopefully beyond. Obviously, we have uh, guys in the wings uh, like uh, Seti Rafi and uh, you kind of mentioned before, Will Urbreu, who's probably going to get 400-plus at-bats this season in right field. Yeah. He, yeah. he is so much better than anybody gives him credit for. Um, I don't know if this is before your, your guys' time, but he reminds me so much of Trot Nixon, who mm. was just, like, very under the radar, did everything well, but no one ever talked about him for whatever reason. Mm, um, yes, I, Trot I like, Nixon, quite, mm, yeah. indeed. Quite, quite. I have a Trot Nixon signed bat that I found at Savers, so I'm um, big fan of his. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Kind of random. What was it doing there? I don't know, but I took it. It was twenty five bucks. Hey, that's someone a deal, someone right? just wanted to get rid of it. Yeah, 
I mean, it's yeah, not authenticated. It could be fake as fuck. I don't care. Like, honestly, for 25 bucks for, like, an actual baseball bat, like, if it's not real, I'm just going to go to the backyard and, like, um, and just use that as a normal bat. You're a big Will You're a Brayu fan. I think you're right. I think people don't give Will You're a Brayu credit for the sheer power he has. And, frankly, he has very strong athletic ability. Tell us more why you like Will You're a Brayu over the other guys that are chomping at the 26 men, like Valdez, like Rafaela, Anthony. Um, he's Well, he's a much more complete player than both of them right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Valdez is, and I feel like I can say this, just having watched him play a lot, he's the worst defensive second baseman I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, let, let me explain that a little bit, because you would no. say, oh, well, he doesn't make that many errors. The problem is that he's not getting to balls that he should be a major league second baseman should be getting in front of. That's my issue with it more than anything else. And yeah, he did get a little bit better as it went on last year. So maybe he can be, if he is that is good enough that if he was just a below average second baseman defensively, then you probably don't trade for Von Grissom. But you can't have him there and expect to be a competitive team. It's just, it is what it is. Like he should be a DH in if there was a team that had that, but nobody wants somebody that's just dedicated to the yeah. H anymore. So it's, he's kind of in trouble unless he can figure out how to play the position a little bit. And with Rafaela, I'd be fine with him as the opening day center fielder, but it's very hard to gauge if he's going to be able to hit the majors. And we saw him getting chewed up and spit out by the end of the season. Defense is going to keep him there. Like he'll, he's a big mm-hmm. leaguer, but if they can teach him how to, cause he's sort of a freak. He makes contact with balls that he has absolutely no business making contact with. His hand-eye coordination is unbelievable. But there's a reason that when he does drills, they're telling him not to swing at stuff. They're telling him, like, this is your batting practice. Lay off the pitches that are outside. You don't see that for for most batting practices. So he's got some stuff to work on, too. Abreu doesn't have that. He he can hit. We saw that. He wasn't intimidated by friggin' Justin Verlander in his first at-bat. He's got a great approach. He's not afraid to go to that 2-2 count. There's, like, it's not as good as Cassis's approach, but it's still pretty darn good. Like, he draws his walks. He's got power. He's got athleticism. He's got a really good arm. I mean, this is just a well-rounded player that's getting underlooked, and maybe it's because he was, like, the second guy in the Christian Vazquez trade, and nobody wants to admit that Hyam Bloom could find these under-the-radar guys, but he's... I think he's going to be a pretty good player for a while. I feel pretty, I haven't, I, I feel pretty good. I don't think, I don't think he's necessarily going to be an all-star, but he's a very solid role player. Yeah, I think he can kind of replace what you got out of Alex Verdugo last year. And you have that team control. You have uh that league minimum salary, obviously, and you got some pitchers back for it, which is nice too. So that felt like one of the biggest no-brainers in the offseason. And like you mentioned, uh we definitely won that Christian Vasquez trade. So um, for me, you know, it was a lot of the moves, uh, Heim Bloom made. A plus. It, it was for me a lot of the moves that he didn't make. In, uh, uh, I, I could, I wish I could high five you. Right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish I could high five yeah. you through the computer because that's, yeah, kiss. that's it. It's the moves that he didn't make that suck. Not so much the moves that he did because he didn't make any moves unless he was sure he was winning them. Um, yeah. You know, unless it was like the, the Jackie Bradley. One, but that might have just been. I don't know what was going on with Hunter Renfro. That was that whole situation was weird. Isn't Hunter Renfro notoriously like super racist? He's a. I mean, he's he's been on like five teams in six years. I don't. I'm not gonna say that I've been in the, the locker room or anything like for him. 
But that's always a little suspicious when a guy hits 30 home runs and teams just can't wait to get rid of him two years in a row. I think he'll do well in Kansas City. I think Kansas City made some good moves in the offseason. I I'd love what Kansas City's done. Like, they're yeah. going to compete all year, and it's smart because they have Bobby Witt there, and that's like your that's your superstar. Like, they're going to surprise people. I wouldn't be surprised if they win the AL Central. Yeah, and if there's a place to be racist, it's Kansas City. So <laughs> he's going to do very well there. He doesn't have to... Worry about any of the uh, other stuff. Kansas that City taking, you know, the Negro League like Hall of Fame museum yeah, I is in Kansas I City. I, I'm yeah, well it's Hunter aware, Renfro's favorite spot. I stand by my joke. I stand it's by attached my to the uh, the Jazz Museum there. Then you go yeah. get burned dead. Stuff. I love Kansas City. Wonderful city. I do need a visit at some point. Um, that stadium Catching looks sprays. nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just like making fun of the Midwest as it deserves. So <laughs> understandable, yeah. understandable. Their politeness needs to. It, it can't just continue. Yeah, honestly, I am cheering against the Royals a little bit because um, I yelled at base, or the bastards of Boston baseball when they said the Royals were going to be better than the Red Sox, and I made a bet that um, if the Red Sox are better, they have to delete their account. <laughs> so um, they didn't. They what never. What happens if you lose yet. that? Like, I, I you, said I would delete my account, but I also well, you're going to have to delete your account. No, but I also, yeah, this was earlier on in the offseason, but I also replied back saying that even if it did happen, they're going to reply back, like, saying delete your account. I'll be like, you never agreed to the term, so oh, that's um, I'm not going there. No, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, so got, it, that's good. That's a good ace in the hole. Exactly. Like, you got to shake on it before. If you never shake on it, then it's not a deal. <laughs> yeah, shake twice. Yeah, that's another account I'm trying to get blocked by. I think I'm just, like, going for, like, the triple-double of – being blocked by the worst Red Sox accounts on Twitter. Dude, they blocked me, and I've ha- I had, like, zero interaction with them. I-, I don't have an issue with what they do. They're like the Fox News or the Tucker Carlson of uh, Red Sox yeah. Twitter. Like, it's, it, it, it's like there, there's an audience for that. But they – because it's because I was on Pesky Report, and the creator of Pesky and, like, the guy in charge of uh, Bastards, they have, like, some beef that I don't really understand that well, but uh, makes anybody that's, like, on Pesky, like, a pariah to them. Kind of fascinating. Anybody that has anything positive to say about the Red Sox or the organization, um, they are not fans of. They've got Ballpark Buzz on their show now. I mean, Buzz is... He's like, good. Pretty, I do like him, yeah. yeah um, he's like, he seems like a nice guy. Yeah, he he, put, he posts good content. I actually yeah. always forget that he's on there. And Yeah, I, I do, too. Yeah, I and you couldn't pay me to listen yeah. to their podcast either. Well, so. I mean, they're advertising, but they put bastards in their name. What were you expecting them to be? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, they they do come as advertised, uh, whatever you know, name they might shift from from Mookie and the Bets to Fire Farrell or uh, Fire Cora oh, or man, Fire. You predate me on this place. You yeah. predate me on this show because I, I I didn't get onto Red Sox Twitter until like. Like mid twenty twenty one, like well, I was doing because I was doing the social media for Sox prospects, and I had I had like an account that was designed specifically to troll Jerry Callahan and nothing else, <laughs> um, because I really for some reason in, in like two thousand eighteen I just really had it out for Jerry Callahan, but yeah, like I didn't get I, I missed a lot of stuff here. I really I really did. <laughs> You know, that's probably for the best, um, because I've been on for way too long since, like, I was in middle school, and uh, it's a cesspool, Uh, um, so (laughs) it it doesn't really get much better than this, and hopefully, you know, we can sign Jordan Montgomery and actually make a bid at the playoffs, so it's a little less toxic this year. Imagine if they signed Montgomery and he just sucked. 
I I was <laughs> like, yeah, that, like, that, that would be, that be I wouldn't even complain because like we were just like needed it so much. You'll still yeah. be a guy that'll throw like 180 to 200 innings for you, even if it's mid. And I think that even just has a lot of help in it for itself. So it's a um, shame you're a liar. You're over here like I wouldn't even complain if we bought Jordan Montgomery and he was bad. Yes, you would. You idiot, you absolute goofball. If we spent the money on one of the Scott Boris four and he sucked, I would not hear the end of it. Uh, the, the, that's the duality of a man right there, though. Don't you, don't you quote the scriptures to me, you yeah. son of a uh, well, but I, we appreciate your time, Ed. Uh, we we don't want to keep you too late and everything. But uh, before you go, obviously, you kind of mentioned uh, some of the projects that you are working on right, with everything. Yeah. yeah, give a quick shout out. Tell us where we can find you and um, uh, what you're yeah, working how many, on. Do you guys watch like your your metrics? Like how many people listen per episode? Uh, uh, Ian has I better have idea. been. I what have been. Usually, what do you guys usually do around? Um, well, do you really want to know? I can't wait to tell you. I'm genuinely curious. On our air date last week, we had 69 listeners. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So after that, the gates kind of closed, and we don't let anyone else listen to the podcast. No, no you're done now. You're done now. Moving forward, I'm just, yeah. I'm just curious because I'm doing. Like, I feel like we don't talk about ratings that much. And like, um, with uh, PBR, like we just. We we do a little like we started off very slow and then we had Lady Red Sock on it and now we're doing like 120 an episode something like that so it's like I don't know what's good and what isn't in this yeah. market and everything and it's also like the off season so who the fuck's listening about like a possibly fifth place team I I don't know but. exactly yeah. but we what, are top ten in baseball podcasts in the UK. Wee, Fuck yeah. Wee, 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 wee. yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you guys are using Chartable too then, because I always want to know, like, are there, like, just, like, ten people there that follow baseball, and they're the ones who determine this? Like, this is what we're going to Yeah, literally. That's it's exactly like, you what have, I like, think. four people, like, that's all that you need. It's, like, kind of like my, um, uh, like, Snapchat best friends. If I Snapchat you, like, yeah, yeah. like you're in that, like, top tier. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, you can follow me on um on the the app formerly known as uh Twitter at yeah. at hand eighty nine. Very clever, I know. I uh, you can also follow the two podcasts I'm on. There's to the show we go with Andrew Parker. That's more that's that's not me swearing as much as I am now. That's me being pretty serious and actually doing research with my buddy Parker, who's a beat reporter for the Lou Sox. And then there's uh, Pod by the River that I do with my friends Hogdale and Ryan Brady, and that's kind of just us talking shit. And it's it's fun if you like listening to that stuff. It's fun. Uh, in all seriousness, if you want actually an actual good Red Sox thing to follow, I'd go with Sox Prospects. Uh, I've been the social media manager there since 2020. They're they're really fucking good. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> the best thing I can tell you about them. There, like, they are really, really, and they're objective. That's the that's the hardest thing to find with like a fan scouting website. You know, like that over overhypes everybody. No, no, people are mad at them because they're like, eh, I don't know if Blaze Jordan is that good. I don't know if Sidon Raphael is that good. Like, they're 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 pretty hard to please, and that goes a long mm-hmm. way. And they're they're really good at what they do. So, socks for there's anything that you get from me, it's just follow socks prospects. Okay. That, that that's a good way how to do it. Well, uh, appreciate your time coming on. Hopefully, we can see you at Polar Park uh, sometime this oh, year. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Grab a beer, grab a hot dog at uh, Fenway if um, uh, we feel like giving John Henry money. But uh, other than that, yeah, yeah it's been great. Fun. 
Yeah. Right over the monitor. It'll be fine. Ed, Jack, pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. Great yeah. to you. Okay, Take love care. you. Okay, love you, bye. No, I love you. Okay, I love okay, you. Love you. Bye. Okay, I love you, bye.